This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, February 15th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Surveys indicate around three of four employees would like to keep that work-from-home option, at least as part of their schedule. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the latest numbers on inflation are out today. Let's break them down with the help of David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, thanks for joining us today. Wholesale prices up 1% in January and 9.7% over the past year. Do these, the, the inflation pressures that everyone is experiencing, uh, supply chain bottlenecks, uh, employees getting sick and just uh, off the charts demand, is that also driving uh, uh, inflationary pressures in the wholesale sector as well? Absolutely. We're up across the board in those Price pressures, whether consumer prices, which was another bell ringer in January, as well as producer prices, prices at the wholesale level. So everywhere you look, it's more inflation, persistent inflation, maybe eventually entrenched inflation, and that cannot be good news for the Federal Reserve. Now, is this the area in which higher interest rates can have the greatest impact, in which uh, uh, there may be a little less business investment because people don't want to pay nearly as much for money? Exactly. Once interest rates go up, um, the economy um, is hit right between the eyes, whether you're talking real estate on the consumer side or investment, as you note, on the business side. Uh, in all cases, it's uh, less spending. Uh, that means a slower economy. But the big item for the Federal Reserve is to try to hike interest rates enough to cool off that inflation number. None of us know how high interest rates are going to have to go to do that job. If you look at uh, the figures from pretty much any population center in the country, the uh, Omicron numbers have fallen off a cliff. They've just crashed, whether it's in New York, Washington, Chicago, California. And that means you have more healthy workers. You don't have nearly as many people out sick, uh, which might have caused some problems at factories in the month of January. As more people get back to work because they're feeling better, they've shaken the virus, does this mean that uh, some of those inflation pressures uh, could back off just a bit? Well, I'm I'm not sure about that, actually, um, because even if those people come back to work, they're going to ask for higher wages, which means a squeeze on corporate profit margins, which means companies are going to raise prices. So uh, I think no matter how you cut it, we're seeing inflation here to stay. And even if the workforce loosens up a bit, higher wages will still mean higher prices. 
And then uh, the Empire State of Mind, uh, as it were, the Empire uh, Manufacturing Survey for the state of New York, uh, that came in under expectations. Uh, very quickly, what's that snapshot of the manufacturing sector, at least in that part of the country? What's that saying? Well, it's saying we're going to have a slow first quarter in economic growth. Uh, the Atlanta Fed, which tries to forecast that, says we might be less than 1% in economic growth. That's a big slowdown. I think things might pick up later in the year. Uh, we should have a decent year over, overall. But all things considered, inflation is too high. Growth for now may be too slow. But the Fed still has to act to hike rates to try to reduce that inflation number. That's priority number one. Thanks for joining us, David Jones, Chairman DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Coming up, many employees want to keep working from home as an option. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Employers have more staff members returning to the office, but many workers aren't exactly running back in. We welcome in Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago jobs expert with Robert Half, based in Chicago. Michelle, thanks for joining us today. This is not necessarily scientific data. Uh, This is just my own observation from taking the train on a daily basis. But I have noticed that since Omicron has receded in early January, you see rather robust ridership, at least on the Union Pacific North west line tuesday wednesday thursday but monday and friday those crowds are rather light which means to me that a lot of offices are are making mondays and fridays at least right now the work from home days yeah definitely companies are still offering remote flexibility in order to retain their top talent now, is this simply a function of easing people back into the office, uh, people who might have been working home from home exclusively from March of 2020, well into 2021, and uh, may not have a level of comfort with coming back or uh, really like their work-from-home arrangement, and that eventually those work-from-home days are going to be dropped and it's going to be a five-day-a-week in-the-office-type setting? No, I don't think we'll ever go back, probably, at least in the near future, to a five days a week setting. You know, the problem, part of the problem right now is job openings are at a record high. So professionals definitely have options and they have more negotiating power than ever before. So whereas a company is maybe trying to ease them back into the office, you know, they're definitely being flexible with two or three days a week, um, you know, to set that tone. I do also think some employees, are, you know, probably a little tired of working from home five days a week and are, you know, wanting that people interaction with their peers and are even willing to get back into the office maybe one, two, three days a week. And But that also puts a lot of pressure on businesses as well. I mean, you do have to attract and retain talent, but at the same time, you have a lease in a building in downtown Chicago, and every month you get an invoice for rent, and you're probably thinking about that as well, that if, uh, if, if you're paying for the space, you might as well use it. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of companies are looking at, you know, renegotiating the terms of their lease, but... You know, even more so, I think a lot of companies, managers especially, are looking at how do we use that time in the office with purpose um, that, you know, if we're going to bring people in, that it's for a good reason 
and um, maybe to reunite teams or, you know, work on special projects, et cetera. There has been a kind of a trend, you know, in, early on in the pandemic, it was very easy to say that something has changed forever or demand has changed forever. And then uh, as things gradually reopen, it kind of shoots back pretty quickly to the way it was or attempts to go back to the way it was. Is that also possible with the with, with the office that eventually that, you know, come come 2025, uh, we're back in the cubicle to, uh, on a five day a week basis? You know, I think anything is possible at this point. The last two years have shown us that um, there is a lot of change. You know, most companies have responded pretty well and, you know, adapted and handled it. I think we started to see kind of a quick comeback prior to Omicron, but then that hit kind of set us back a little bit. But I do think more and more people will find themselves, you know, eventually in office. I still don't know that it'll be five days a week, but, you know, I think it'll be definitely closer to the two or three than nothing at all. Thanks for joining us. Michelle Reisdorf, Chicago's jobs expert with Robert Half, based in Chicago. And coming up next, you can now put a deposit on that ticket to space. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It seems that every week we get closer to the future as imagined by the Donald Fagan song, IGY. Get your ticket to that wheel in space. Well, it's not quite a wheel in space, but Virgin Galactic is now taking deposits on flights to space. Let's get an update on space tourism from Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Hundreds of very wealthy people have already put money down on that flight on the Virgin Galactic Starship, and it seems like some of them are finally going to get some return on their investment. That's exactly right. You know, the the early bird either catches the worm or, in this case, um, you know, gravity-free life, <laughs> because the first people who signed up, up to 600 people about, they're estimating, uh, for Virgin Galactic, that first flight would, was going to cost them and will cost them about 250000 Now, uh, the price, they've opened it up to the public, and those who, people who put in those deposits for two hundred fifty grand are happy because the new tickets are going 450000 uh, That's a $150,000 deposit to secure the spot. And um, then the remaining $300,000 uh, before the flight. So prices have gone up, uh, but the availability is pretty staggering that only a few years ago we were all sort of laughing about this idea. And now, uh, you know, Virgin, Virgin Galactic is going to be sending people up by the end of this year. And this is essentially, you're on, you're on the William Shatner itinerary, right? You go to a suborbital flight, which is closer to space than most of us, uh, but it's not full-blown Earth orbit. That, that's exactly right. And and the reason for that is partly how much technology Virgin Galactic had to develop or didn't have to develop in order to enable that. Uh, to your point, you're in low Earth orbit. You are you are essentially weightless. And so the experience is almost, you know, indistinguishable from having gone further out. Um, but the point is, you have that experience. You obviously pay a pretty penny for it. But to that point, cost of, you know, $450,000, obviously a lot of money. Uh, for almost anybody. However, that's that's literally millions less than it was a few years ago to do this. Um, but the space tourism part of it, you know, it's they're not alone. As you probably know, SpaceX is doing this. We've talked about it before. But they're planning a spacewalk for uh, for the private astronauts who are going up there. So, that, you know, things are getting complicated and even uh, for those folks, you know, fairly dangerous. Most astronauts agree that's a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, before uh, that's before we get into the uh, the liability issues there for an actual spacewalk. But as I recall, there used to be some very stringent physical requirements for going into space uh, when it came to uh, any, any health issues you may have had. I mean, for example, Alan Shepard was grounded for a decade uh, because of an inner ear condition. Deke Slayton didn't 
couldn't fly until 1975 because of his heart. Um, do mm-hmm. these companies screen people for health issues before going up into space, or does that not matter anymore? You know, that's a great question. And I think you're talking about, you know, sort of like the difference between near-Earth orbit and further out. I think you're talking about screening as a relative term. So, sure, um, there's extensive screening. All these companies do very careful screening of their of, of the customers, so to speak. However, the, what the strain, especially if you're not leaving the cabin, the strain on the customer is pretty nominal by comparison. There's a lot of, you know, G-forces you have to withstand and so forth. But to the extent that you are ready for it physically, they'll test for that. But you are not being tested like those astronauts of your, uh, in the Allen shepherds of the world. So yes, there's more risk. And there are lots of people signing lots of releases because lots of lawyers are involved. Um, but in the end, uh, it's going to be less stringent than the, than the old-timey astronaut. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor of the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, there are increasing calls to put unruly passengers on a national no-fly list. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. There appears to be some movement toward a reduction of tensions involving Russia and Ukraine. A settlement's been reached between a gunmaker and families impacted by a deadly school shooting. It's Travel Tuesday. Unruly behavior by airline passengers is prompting an effort to expand the national no fly list. And Intel adds to its specialty technology profile with a major purchase. WBBM Business. The markets are higher. The Dow is up 415 points. The Nasdaq is up 278. And the S&P 500 is up 63. AccuWeather says partly sunny, becoming breezy, not nearly as cold, and a high today of 38. Right now we have 32 degrees in Chicago under partly sunny skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. There's a new sign the Ukraine crisis may be easing with Russian President Vladimir Putin saying Moscow is ready for talks with both the U.S. and NATO. The details from correspondent 
correspondent Sagar Magani. Putin says the Allies have rejected key demands that include keeping Ukraine and other ex-Soviet states out of NATO. But he says Moscow is ready to talk about other measures like military transparency. His statement came after the Russian military announced a partial pullback of troops from exercises, adding to hopes a Ukraine invasion may not be imminent. But the military gave no details. So far, we have not seen any de-escalation on the ground. NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg wants to see a significant withdrawal of both troops and heavy equipment. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's on his way to meet with allies at NATO's Brussels headquarters. Sagar Magani, Washington. President Biden is set to deliver remarks on the situation in Ukraine this afternoon. We'll carry them live starting at around 2.30. The families of nine victims of the Sandy Hook school shooting have agreed to a $73 million settlement of a lawsuit against the maker of the rifle used to kill 20 first graders and six educators in 2012. Remington also agreed to allow the families to release numerous documents obtained during the legal action, including one showing how the company marketed the weapon. It's 12.32 as as the noon business hour continues, stocks are trading higher. We're joined by Vahan Janjigian, Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management, based in Greenwich, Connecticut. Vahan, thanks for joining us uh, once again today. When we spoke at 1020, we talked about how today's market activity is being driven almost exclusively by this uh, notion of a thaw in the tension involving Russia and Ukraine. When it comes to getting information uh, that investors use to move their various assets around, Around, especially as it relates to uh, foreign policy and uh, a potential military action overseas, where do they go? Is it legitimate business outlets or they, just because there are so many online insiders, do people uh, try to uh, trade on what they think is uh, inside information that's being released by anonymous people online? Rob, that's a really good question. And I think you're getting at the uh, crux of the difference between an investor and a trader. Um, investors are are not going to react to this kind of news. Um, you know, they're they're investing for the long term. They're making decisions based on, uh, you know, company fundamentals, uh, valuation, um, what the prospects may be uh, in the future, the quality of the management, um, and how how earnings look and how they're how they're likely to grow over time. Uh, traders, however, will react to any news. And and today, you know, we're seeing the markets uh, jump. Uh, because we got uh, relatively good news out of uh, the Ukraine situation. Um, you know, we're not really sure what's going on, but it looks like there's a bit of a de-escalation. And, you know, given how weak uh, stock prices have been uh, so far this year, you know, NASDAQ is still down uh, 10% year-to-date, even though it's up uh, quite strongly today. I think uh, people were looking for um, a, a reason to, to get in, but it's really the traders who are moving the market. Investors aren't re- really reacting much to this kind of stuff. And there's a very distinct possibility the markets could uh, swing once again, assuming uh, President Biden starts on time uh, when he delivers a statement from the White House on the Ukraine situation at 2.30 this afternoon. Now, let's say there is a de-escalation and that uh, uh, both sides, all sides in this conflict, uh, agree to uh, negotiations and a diplomatic solution. That means we still have uh, inflation and interest rates as two things weighing on the market. Uh, Investors that have had a long time now to uh, kind of get their heads around what the Fed might do this year. Uh, do they? Do you believe or do they believe that uh, the Fed can successfully thread this needle of uh, raising interest rates without threatening economic growth? 
Yeah, that's that's the uh, million dollar question. And that, of course, is much more important to the markets over the long term than what's going on in Ukraine right now. Um, so, so yes, uh, I do believe that the Fed uh, can uh, thread this needle. Um, I do believe that there's still a chance that uh, inflation may prove to be uh, transitory, although, you know, I always point out that transitory is a tricky word because it implies a, t- a time frame. Um, so I think we will have elevated levels of inflation for about a year or so, but I think inflation could subside again. Um, you know, it depends on what uh, interest rates do. It depends on uh, how aggressive the Fed is or, or whether it's much more measured. Um, and today we're seeing in the bond market, we're seeing that uh, the 10-year yield is up a bit while the two-year yield is down a bit, which is actually a very good uh, sign for stocks. Uh, the yield curve um, has been relatively flat, uh, but today it's uh, steepening a bit, which uh, which tends to be good news for stocks. And one way the uh, defusing the uh, Ukraine crisis would have a, a very immediate I- impact on inflation is on the price of gas, because uh, oil prices ran up above $90 a barrel because of the tension, and it's dropped a little bit today just on news that it might uh, there, there is a dialing back. Yeah, that's right. But oil prices are still elevated. They're still, you know, around $90 a barrel. And and if this Ukraine crisis um, is resolved, uh, you know, oil may go down a little bit, but I don't think it's going back to, uh, you know, $60 anytime soon. So I think we're going to have to be uh, dealing with high um, high oil prices. And of course, that's very good news for uh, oil producers and oil companies. And we've seen a lot of strength in uh, energy stocks so far this year. They're, they're selling off today while the rest of the market is up. But uh, I think they'll uh, they'll hold up and do well for the year. Vahan Shinjigi and Chief Investment Officer at Greenwich Wealth Management based in Greenwich, Connecticut. Thanks for joining us today. Up next in Travel Tuesday, keeping out of control passengers off of planes. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday. Discussion of an expanded no-fly list is intensifying due to a surge of incidents involving passengers on planes. Let's get the latest now from Ken Goldstein, President KJG International Consulting based in Chicago. Ken, thanks for joining us today. Have the airlines managed to do a deep dive yet on what makes people just blow up in the skies? Is it, a, is it, is it because they've been drinking or is it just because of tension from the pandemic? What's, what makes these people tick? No, Rob, I think it's more along the lines of there was in 2021 5,908 reports of violence on an airplane. 72% of those were related to masks. So could you say this is pandemic uh, overload and concern about that? Possibly. But just this past weekend, you had two major incidents which took the news away. One was Adrian Peterson, a former running back with the Washington Redskins, or Commanders, excuse me, and before and also with Seattle. He had an altercation, physical altercation with his wife. They refused him on a flight, uh, which was a United flight going from Los Angeles to Houston. They took him off the plane, and then he got arrested. And then, of course, the major incident, which was an American flight also out of Los Angeles going to Dulles, where a man decided he wanted to go into the cockpit door, and lo and behold, also the cameras that the people had on the plane, where he got hit by the flight attendant to stop him, and they had to subdue him. The plane had to come down in Kansas City, and then, of course, went on. I think the thing to look at is more along the lines that this is an economic issue, uh, in addition to a, a mental or physical issue, because the airlines 
they've got to stop the planes. Their uh, their uh, crew are being intimidated. And you got to remember, there's a point here. The FAA regulations state no person may assault, threaten, intimidate, or interfere with a crew member. The crew members are there to help you out, not just to give you the drinks and everything else. So when you start to intimidate them or threaten them, we got concern. And the flight attendants union rightfully is concerned because many of their attendants have been physically damaged, bloody noses, teeth knocked out, etc., by people, passengers who have either been intoxicated, where they try to stop uh, without liquor beforehand or even on the airplane, or just going out of line because of the mask situation. So it's an all-type, all-encompassing situation where the physical violence has got to stop. You're putting people's lives in danger. Very quickly, Ken, if if this were to be implemented, uh, how would it work? How would uh, this no-fly list intercept you? Would it be when you're trying to uh, book the ticket online or would they get you at the airport? That's a good question because it's right now it is not a system-wide situation. The airlines themselves do have some no-fly lists. It all started back in February, on the 3rd of February. There was a letter by Ed Bastian, he's president of Delta Airlines. He wrote the attorney general and said, we've got to do something about this. They are talking about it, but the concern is not like the no-fly list for terrorists, which is maintained by an office within the FBI. So the question is, will the airlines come up with things of their own, and will they share that data? Well, then there's concerns about privacy. So the federal government's going to have to come in and kind of put together a list akin to what they've got with the no-fly list with terrorists. Ken Goldstein, President, KJG International Consulting, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, Intel makes a move to boost its specialty technology holdings. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Intel has agreed to buy Israel-based Tower Semiconductor in a deal valued at nearly $5.5 billion. Let's see what's behind the move with Angelo Zeno, Senior Equity Analyst, CFRA Research in New York. Angelo, what does this do for Intel? Uh, how does it uh, alter their business? Well, you know, I think at the end of the day, what they're doing is acquiring a company in Tower Semiconductor that is um, that has expertise in what's called the, the foundry service uh, business model. And essentially, um, these, this is a company that provides manufacturing services for other semiconductor out, out there, companies like an AMD and an NVIDIA, um, among others. And um, Intel's looking to kind of make a bigger push into this business. And I think what's great is they're acquiring now a very well-established management team that does have expertise in this foundry arena um, to kind of make their push into um, this business. And it's something that, um, you know, Intel really doesn't have much experience in, and um, it gives them instant credibility. And this gets them into uh, applications like uh, radio frequency and industrial sensors, as well as uh, chips, which uh, in the year 2022, you can't make them fast enough. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it gives them uh, it's highly complementary in nature and it gives them to kind of to the point you just referenced um, exposure to specialty technologies like RF power, um, things like battery management for EVs out there. So um, it's 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 great from that perspective. And kind of, again, um, from Intel's sense, um, they've got great scale that they can provide towards tower semiconductor customers. Tower Semiconductor has um, some niche kind of 
um, expertise in areas that they can help Intel out with. This is turning into a year of investment for Intel, and this is the you know, there's this purchase on top of the 100 billion dollar investment in Ohio to make the world's largest uh, semiconductor production complex. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think when we when we think about Intel, this is not this is year one of a multi year kind of aggressive investment approach um, on their end. They've got to spend aggressively. Um, over the next couple of years um, to really ramp up their uh, their manufacturing capacity. And they're looking to do so mostly in Western markets like the U.S., like Europe, in an, in an effort to kind of um, better diversify kind of the supply chain um, outside of Asia. And that's, and that's another great thing out of, from Power Semiconductor. They've got a very well-diversified geographic presence um, as, you know, outside of Asia. So in a lot of those Western markets, like Israel as well as the U.S. And lastly, let's talk about the stock very quickly. Uh, sure, your should your portfolio have the sticker that says Intel inside? Yeah, I mean, listen. From our perspective, we've avoided recommending the share for a couple of years now. We do have a hold recommendation. Twelve month target price is fifty dollars. We continue to think that this is um, a show me story over the next couple of years. So, um, you know, until further notice, we're kind of staying on the sidelines. Well, thanks for joining us. Angelo Zeno, Senior Equity Analyst, CFRA Research in New York. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.